Hey y'all, it's your boy here, Tex Ranger, and I'm here to introduce y'all to Assassination Classroom Discussion Part 2. Enjoy! Like, yeah, and I, I tried really hard not to judge the show by what I wanted it to be. I really tried to meet the show on its own terms. So some of the stuff where it's like, yeah, the quick character development, the funny, quirky teacher, it's a slice of life, day in the life show. It's not really about assassinating, which is like the first thing I can imagine someone telling me when I say I don't like the show. They're like, it's not about the assassination. I'm like, yes, obviously, I know but that. But it was supposed but to. But even, yeah, but even on its own terms, what it doesn't it feels it doesn't tell me anything like i still don't know what i'm supposed to get out of the show study hard have good teachers some teachers care about you and society will try to break you down but you should know that's not gonna happen that whole like last part two where they're just like oh I, you should see it downhill when crossbow was just like oh we'll figure something out uh okay and i was like uh that sounds very casual to what's happening and then it was like yep oh uh, we didn't really poison you that much, and I'm like, this is dumb. This is stupid. Can I can I just like very quickly go on like a quick tangent? Like, mm-hmm. we have had not one, not two, <laughs> but three sets of police sirens during this podcast episode. <laughs> and like, granted, Silver and I live in Minneapolis, and we live pretty damn close. To, like, the Target and the Cub Foods that were, like, uh, that people, like, you know, went out and, like, yeah, booted yeah, and attacked yeah, and all that shit. And we lived pretty damn close to where George Floyd, RIP Big Homie, um, was murdered. But, like, mm-hmm. can I just... And, and can I... I mean, it's not even a but. And can I just say, like, fuck the police. Like, <laughs> what? I'm <laughs> so no, annoyed. I started off this podcast Three? with that. It, it, was, it yeah. all comes together. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so with that said, I'm a realist back in. <laughs> I'm leaving that in when I add it. <laughs> leave it, leave it in. It's almost, it was almost like prophetic, like the episode where you had like three police sirens coming in. Anyways, I, I hear a fourth one. one. <laughs> hey, hey, it just proves at the end of the day we're all real people, and no matter how much I hate this show or Silver likes this show, and tropical robot kind of dislikes the show and then texas ranger thinks oh it's fine it's okay we're all still real people i do believe that part two will not answer all of your critiques but it will like i think you'll be able to say like i'm probably never gonna watch this again but i enjoyed what part two like if you just think about it in separate parts (laughs) just forget part one just remember carl sensei and start fresh in part two it's like when you watch the office better okay get through first season okay just it's just, okay. it just, I fear, I, you know what I fear? Part two being good is just going to make me hate part one even more. Because <laughs> then I'll just be like, why couldn't we have this from the beginning? Okay. Like the um, biggest part that part two does right <laughs> compared to part one, it starts to find its identity and it starts to stick yeah. with that a little bit better. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah. Oh, we get some yeah. shoes. Okay. So, so, Notice so with that, that I didn't said, say it does it perfectly because it's still okay, struggling yeah. with it. Okay, okay. So, so with that said, 
Um, I think I'll move us into some of the more, um, I mean, to be honest, like we kind of talked about a lot of the thematic stuff, but like there's still a couple more things to explore um, that I think are particularly interesting. Like there's two things that immediately come to my mind. Um, number one is the kind of like, like the, uh, the role of like power in like the show and like different types of power in the show. And I'm actually interested to see how this is going to unfold, um, over the course of like, you know, the, like, you know, the rest of the show. Um, and I think of power here primarily as like influence, if that makes sense. Like something that like influences like people's behaviors, people's like thinking, people's like actions, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Power as like something that uh, forms like a human person to be who they are. Um, and this kind of power is something that is often in institutions um, and also like embodied through like different kinds of individuals. And so in this instance, um, I'm thinking, I mean, I thought, honestly, I thought one of the most like philosophically speaking, one of the most interesting things about the show was just kind of like the dynamic between like the mode of power demonstrated by um the whatever Tawaka I think that's his name is like when he shows up and like the contrast of that with um the like mode of power um exemplified by like the principal um and like the school and so or like the modes of power because I think we can talk about two different ones as applies to the school but anyways um with the with the kind of like Tawaka it's like he's just kind of like he's a patriarch you know what I mean like he's like yeah. the embodiment of like the patria potestas like this like Roman doctrine that was like the patriarch is someone who has like the legal right to literally kill his children and like rape his wife like that was like a, ro a thing in like Roman law and it's like I mean it's an interesting concept like to kind of tease out historically um, but the point is with this guy, it's like, he's like very much like, you know, an embodiment of like patriarchal power. Like he's like, I am like the doting father that is half of me. And then like, but like the, the like love is like really like manipulative, manipulative. There's this like insidious, like, um, you know, set of beliefs, like connected to it and like set of like, uh, expected outcomes. And then there's like this, like hyper violent, like, um side of him which is like when he's like the training the kids he's like oh i'm so nice well when he comes in to take like the place of like the other teacher um i don't remember maybe somebody can clarify why that happens but point is i, I wasn't really i don't know either yeah whatever they, 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 they just kind of they just say oh the japanese defense forces wants to speed this up so i'm here <laughs> in any case like this guy um you know he is like you know violently abusive towards the kids and then like uh, Nagisa ends up like embarrassing him, which is like an interesting dynamic too, because it's like this guy who'd like kind of built his whole like self image around like, like it's, it, was, it was weird. He's like someone who was like, he's like uh, an example of someone who has like traumas and like enacts their like traumas as like, or like, like someone who like takes like harm and like conflates it with abuse and then uses that like conflation of like harm with abuse um to like then justify like being like horribly oppressive and like playing out his like you know kind of like like the like this conflict like onto like other people and like doing it in like a way that is like you know like establishing himself as like a supremacist basically in the sense that he's like he, he is like supreme like over people and like his like whole self-identity is like built around domination um and then he gets embarrassed and so his whole self-image gets comes like crumbling down and that's kind of like the setup for like the the last arc where he's like just like a crazy person um because he's actually the villain in the last arc he's just, like a crazy person um 
and you know he's just can only like crave like revenge for what happened that's like the only thing that's like because he's like maybe that'll help like the guilt and like the shame all go away which is like nah brother that's not how shit works um but anyways um then like in contrast to that like even like the the principal ends up like kicking him out of the school grounds because the principal is like like no it's not enough to be just a tyrant like that's misguided and here's what is interesting to me because like the principal's like view and like the way that power functions and like the institution of the school is very interesting because like on the one hand and folks who are like knowledgeable on like uh you know Foucault would like know exactly where I'm coming from and have been coming from in this analysis but it's like you know if you think of it in terms of like Foucaultian like analyses of power it's like disciplinary power which is very much like you know it's like premised on like uh surveillance and it's like premised on like regimentation and like the outcome of it is to like take people and to shape them into like docile bodies that meaning like just like it's like bodies that can be like improved upon by like power as power sees fit and so like that's like you know like it's the kind of power we see in like schools you know with like the the way that space is configured um and in prisons and like there's this like element of like always being watched and there's this like element of like uh there's like a norm and it's like if you're below the norm there's something like you're if you're abnormal that's like something terribly wrong with you and so you always have to conform to the norm and so that's like kind of that model of like power that's like exemplified by like the school and like the principal and then there's also this kind of like inbuilt like I don't know. It's like it's an ism of sorts. It's like a, a, a I think it's it's a classism, to be honest with you. That's how I kind of think of it. But it's like like, you know, like it's it's interesting because like Foucault's like way of thinking about it is like very much like there's like a like like he theorizes like his like kind of like underdeveloped like third notion is like biopolitics and it's like politics of like the population. Um, and it's like you have a population that you're trying to like like the life of that population you're trying to like improve the quality of like the life of that population but like part of what that's premised on is like this distinction between like those who and like Foucault talks about it in terms of like state racism and it's like this distinction between like you know those good members of society and like those members like or those like threats like those internal threats within society and those external threats to society and so like i don't know you think of like the kids and like the kids like in the end class are like oh um they are um like marginalized like their whole purpose is to exist as like both like an ever-present like you know ever-looming like specter of like what like the other kids could like you know like become which is like you know unmeritable right and that's if we want to think of it in terms of like meritocracy right and also like um so they exist as that and then they're also supposed to be this like permanent like underclass and like the school like the end class is not supposed to um like overtake people who are not in the end class at least not structurally like individuals from the end class can go back to being a part of like this elite school but like not the class as a whole like the class as a whole cannot like demonstrate that like you know uh it's like actually like like that its foundation isn't actually grounded in reality because that like would completely undermine like the way that power is configured and like the setting of the school and i don't know if people have thoughts on that i know that was a fairly long tirade and we can kind of unpack more about like the kind of like meritocracy aspect and like how it connects to like that school versus school in our like real life but like i, I guess i'll open it up a little bit to folks before i move to that silver um since you're the 
ass class expert. Um, question, um, and other people could answer too. I'm just not just asking Silver. To get into E class, you just have to have consistent like bad grades, or you have to be like a bad person. Like for example, Karma clearly is a smart, has good grades, but because mm -hmm. he beats up people and didn't show up for school, he got suspended. He got sent to E class, right? Yeah. Yeah, so okay. basically, if you're if you have bad grades or if you fall below, like they set an ex an exact number, I just can't remember off the top of my head. So I think if you're in the in like the bottom like quarter or something like that, is it was a weird like number. And also, if you're a delinquent, yeah, you get put in E class. Okay, so there are obvious characters that you know they're representative of like those that are being outcasted from whatever structure of society we have. But then, like again, when I go back to this idea that most of these characters are just kind of filler, do all these characters just? are bad students like the characters who aren't like obvious delinquents or whatever are they bad students like the girl for example who got ended up being number one in i think what english or whatever who had like blonde hair like okay did she just have terrible grades for the longest time and then was just like boom uh smart now because koro sensei taught her i guess that's just a question mm. that might be just a nitpicky thing i don't know that was weird oh but are you talking about the like students that like did really well in certain subjects yeah, I guess, because I'm confused on the idea that all these students are so bad at school, because if I don't feel they maybe, this might just be me critiquing the idea that they just didn't play up this angle that E-Class really is the dredges of society, where it's like, yeah, some of them obviously are not smart, and then some of them obviously have, like, what we what the structure of the school would consider atypical personality issues, mm -hmm. like, obviously, bullies, or people like Karma, or even Nagi saw who just... I don't know. He looked meanly at some kids, and that's not good. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. That was weird. But um, going back to uh, uh, Tropical's idea of, like, the structure of power, I think, I don't know, metaphysically, metaphorically looking, not metaphysically, metaphorically <laughs> looking metaphysically. at the show, <laughs> um, I just felt it was just, like, a commentary on sort of the idea of, like, building a system that succeeds for the majority of people will still can still leave a few outcasts that are might be necessary for the city to function for the structure to function and that like is his own commentary i'm like yeah even though it's successful for like 75 percent of people if it leaves 25 percent of people feeling like absolute garbage is it worth it no i think most of us can probably say like nah they don't deserve to be treated like as comically as they're treated like dirt but even then, it kind of undermines itself because Koro-sensei then comes in working within the system itself and builds them up. And it's not like they discover a new system, per se, like, to better themselves. They kind of just work within the system. It's sort of like the system just declared them, like, oh, this is your place. And then they're just like, oh, we're just going to then follow the rules and just show you it's not. And it's like, oh... So it's not their place, but it's going to be someone's place. So if it's not them, then it's going to be someone else. So it doesn't really bring anything down, I guess. Unless the idea is, once you've been labeled this, you can never leave. If that's the route they're trying to go, I can understand. Like, for example, let's just take Nagisa. Let's say Nagisa does really well in his exams and then gets pushed up to D class, and then someone gets pushed down to E class. Is that the system breaking, or is that just the system operating as designed? You know? Mm -hmm. And so the idea of like, oh, if E-Class just had a good teacher, then they all of E-Class could rise up above their station. 
wouldn't that just push other people down? That's actually, that's so, facts, yeah. So it's like, in that sense, in that in sense, it's theory, like, it's yeah, really not. But at least in the way that I, like, the show is trying to put it. So, like, basically, like, the way they had it set up, I mean, just looking at it from, like, a differences in the resources and the main building and their building. Basically, the way they have it set up, their system is, if you get into E-Class, like, that's it. Yeah, in theory, you can get out of it if you get in, uh, good enough grades. But the way they had it set up, like, realistically, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Right. Mm. I, I guess that's what they were trying to have. Yeah, but like... ultimately, and this is, I think, what uh, Base is getting at. And thank you, Base, for pointing this out because I actually hadn't connected this, this dot yet. It's like, if you're not aiming to change the power structure, you're ultimately just putting people, even at the most, like, radical version of it, which is, like, you elevate, like, the entire class of people um above into like a different rung or whatever like ultimately like you just end up with like a different group of people at like the top of the pyramid and another mm -hmm. group of people at the bottom of the pyramid and so in that sense yeah i think you're absolutely right like it's not you know it, it tries to like present itself i guess as like radically destabilizing as a system but like it does it's not radically destabilizing the system it's 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 not in any way shape or form even attempting to like like it's like implicitly addressing the system but it's not explicitly aiming to like uh overthrow the system um which is like an interesting point to bring up and 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 guess what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm now bring us to talking about real life Let's talk about real life, guys. A lot of people who listen to this podcast, I think a lot of people in general are would look at this system and say, oh, this is unjust. This is like not okay. Like da 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 da. Um, ultimately, guys, guess what? This is just like a like in-your-face version of like the current education system, at least in the United States. I don't know how things look in Japan. I think Silver knows a little bit more about this. But any country that kind of has a system, uh, like an educational system that's set up in terms of like like uh, that whose whose like primary like ideological device is like measuring merit, like quantifying like merit, is this. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a version of this. Like the people, like I guess it's like the the difference is like instead of there being like a permanent undercast, like the people at the very bottom are kind of like kicked out. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just expelled. But like ultimately, like the same like kind of like ideological figure of like the um, the unmeritable like individual. Like, that is still, like, whether you're talking about, um, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school is when it becomes very real, and then college, um, like, this is the current, like, this is a different, like, um, way, a more in-your-face way of, like, expressing, like, the current, um, dynamics built into, like, the educational system, and certainly in the U.S. and in many other countries, and so... It's just, you know, and, and like, to be frank with you, um, this case study is like one where it's like, oh, this is within an elite school. So like kids who are like the undercast within an elite school in comparison, which is like, it's, it's there in the show. It's not thematized really, not in like a meaningful way. Um, it's dismissed, but like in comparison to like the vast majority of people in the world, you're pretty damn well off if you are the socially marginalized group within the elite you're yeah. pretty damn well off and so it's just you know one of those things where it's like i don't know if what what comments folks have on this but like it's one of those things where it's like 
Like, this is just like the myth of meritocracy. Mm-hmm. You take that and instead of kind of having, like you take that ideology and elevate it to like the level of like institutional design um, rather than just like ideological. But like, it, again, it's like, it is a thing, but you kind of make it like you, you height. It's not a difference in kind. It's a difference in degree. And like, just so, I got a lot of thoughts on that, especially, like, this is, like, my specialty. So, going earlier to, like, what you said, um, base, uh, first saying, like, Nagisa, uh, raising up in the system, does that break anything? And as, um, you said earlier, as you said also, Tropical, no, like, not at all. That's the system still working perfectly fine. I think, like, Class E had one purpose, and that purpose is to have other classes say, at least I'm not in that class. It doesn't matter if you get out. doesn't matter if you stay in. It just says there is a bottom. This is literally saying there's losers so we can say that we're winners. And that's like the biggest philosophical concept I can see coming from that class. And like I've, there's other uh, animes, like especially if they deal with like Clashing Manaways when it gets to that. There's one called Clashing with the Elite that like dips into this type of idea that's like oh at least i'm not in the bottom class and that's the only purpose whether it's good or not whether they're thriving it kind of doesn't matter because it's not your point to thrive in that class Mm -hmm. and if you do then that's cool i'm glad you did good job and then they give you a medal to say that look anybody can survive or something like that and like that points to real life like you see all these like if you're the people at the bottom or people like really living bad and then if anyone makes it they're like paraded they're like oh yes look anybody can make it this shows that meritocracy exists this shows this that ignoring everything that's like literally made in place to not have them make it and then just to like pat yourself on the back and then also another key concept like this gets into um as we as you as y'all were talking about saying that um oh like delinquents bad kids i'm gonna put quotations around that are put in that class and this is a big concept that many people debate all the time is it the teacher that's bad or is it the students that's bad like which one is the deciding factor in uh somebody's success and i know this show is going around to say hey with any good teacher um then the student will do fine regardless, and that's the fault of the administration on top. And then you go in other places, like in real life, and this is like a real big discussion. Like, I'm about to be part of a campus that says that it's the teacher's fault if the student's not doing good. We need to make sure we have only great teachers, and we'll make sure to keep that up. Versus there's institutions that say, oh, it's the student's fault that they didn't do good. And it's just, it's like, a different dynamic of where you put the responsibility and power and like in honesty it's like a both because like this show could have very well been very different if it weren't kids that like like as uh as you said like they're at the bottom of the elite so they have definitely a lot of different things going for them to keep them motivated and going good to have a great teacher and then be like oh yeah we're about to blow up now like that's might have been the only thing they needed but if you let's but like it could have easily been the other case if we did not have the like the bottom not the bottom of the elite like 
bottom of all types of other bottom and there was many more systematic things that were oppressing these students it's gonna take more than just a good teacher to come in and save the day more than a like and literally like girls this ain't even a teacher like this man is a whole like he can run at Mach 20 like this is a super super teacher so that's not even fair like that's a whole nother like concept of like oh what's yeah too much of a super teacher like does every teacher need to be a super teacher and then if that's the case mm -hmm. what do we, how are we treating teachers and what do we need for teachers to do like we need to start encompassing a teacher to be able to do everything literally everything and just getting into this debate I'll say like this is the most um, I'll say this is the deepest the show gets when it starts bringing in like school concepts like oh what are we gonna see with this uh, oh if this teacher is just gonna raise him it's gonna do that and that's that's just my 50 cents like I go even further like this directly translate into real life power structures and what are we gonna do and it's easy to look at a cartoon like anybody in the cartoon will say that's wrong but people will hate to say it if they look at it in real life and I'm like hey this is just that. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, you're going to use the very same excuse that you would use, that the people in the show would, show would use to say why this system works. This system is, and like, it's kind of, it's just so goofy, that idea like, oh, we need people to lose so others can win. And that's like my biggest, that's the biggest critique. Not everyone needs, we don't need losers for everyone to win. Why is it a problem if everyone wins? People do things without having to look down upon others. Just thinking about it and trying to extrapolate away from the show, because I don't think the show is built to try to handle these it's topics not. in a particularly it's meaningful not. way. No. Not, no. no. So it's I'm just not going to put it in the yeah. It's a yeah, vehicle I'm for not, talking about these things. Yeah. I'm not going to put it on the show that it's like, wow, you guys left some problematic content in your cartoon. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going not gonna to do that. Yeah. But speaking of that structured idea, when I was thinking more along the lines of like, way this, a lot of these things that is being said is like, oh, these like delinquents and don't judge a book by its cover. Those E-class students could be successful in the same ways that the regular people are. It's just that they need to be given the tools to, or that they just have to overcome even more structures of like oppression and all that to overcome. So it's just like, oh, you're currently in a state that's like not that great. But if you just work harder, and I know this sounds real mm -hmm. cheesy, but if you just work harder and just keep at it and maybe have a few breaks here and are really motivated, you too can beat out the losers at the top who take things for granted because they just judge you by how you look. And I'm like, that's kind of a really base way of presenting this sort of hierarchical structure <laughs> of just like, Oh, oh, yeah, huh, huh, funny. Oh, I said bass. Anyway, um... I mean, I was trying like, to cough, but yeah, that is oh, really funny. Oh, I thought you were laughing. <laughs> I thought you were laughing. <laughs> but Good like, joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it just felt so much of like, oh, is this show really trying to do the whole don't judge a book by its cover thing? Not really, because it's not like as if the kids fundamentally change. It's not like their relationship to anyone else fundamentally changes it's not like the other students gain an appreciation of what class e can do you know what i mean it's just the idea of oh these people we labeled as unsuccessful and shame is used as motivation so that other people it's like oh if i go to class e i'm gonna be like the people i made fun of and i don't want to be made fun of by my friends so i'm gonna study real hard and i'm like okay sure but like 
if they just raised themselves up and were treated the same, couldn't you do the same thing and still have, like, not these artificial barriers of oppression and just have a general... Like, if you want to build this competitive atmosphere, I feel like you can build it without the intrinsic need of, like, this ostracization. And, of course, yeah, that's the kind of the point I guess the show is getting is that this ostracization is bad and, oh, the school is just holding them down because we need to keep the order this way and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, the principal has some nefarious goal or whatever. But it's, like... There just seems to be so many inherent, like, problems and holes in, like, trying to build that structural ideology. Like, if you're trying to build that ideology into your world building, you have to make it make sense, even if it is nefarious. So, currently, even on its own structures, it kind of falls in on itself. And I don't know if that's what the show's trying to say, too, that, like, oh, this entire structure is inherently flawed, but... That's what I think I'm getting at, that, like, it's trying to do this whole don't judge a book by its cover, but it doesn't do that either because the relationships between the different classes doesn't change. The yeah. baseball team beats the the number one team. It doesn't mean anything. The kids get higher grades in the big five. They just... It doesn't, well, at least so far, it doesn't mean anything. It, it, if you're really trying to build that whole don't judge a book by its cover, you need to change relationships to have people go back and look at them and relate to them. the high school kids who think that they're all prissy smart asses and think they're better than them and then learn that they're not, that they're still the undercurrent, yeah. or I guess they kind of do. It doesn't change anything. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't don't, have any meaningful uh, repercussions on the world, at least so far. Right. And it's just. It, it, that's kind of, I guess, the failure of the world building thematically as well. If you're going to build this hierarchical structure and have these relationships, it, I would assume that they would change over time, but they really don't. So in my head, even if E-Class succeeds, oh well, another class is just going to fall into that space and they're just going to be what E-Class was. Or if they're not, say E-Class, say everyone E-Class becomes what D-Class is and D-Class goes to E-Class. E-Class will probably still just be treated like they're E-Class, you know what I mean? I, I can't see a situation where now all of E-Class is like satisfied with just being like, oh, we're in D-Class, and then all of D-Class goes to E-Class, and now Koro Sensei is teaching this other group. It's like, I don't see how that would progress. Yeah. That just hits another wall. Yeah, um, and then I, I want to come back to what uh, Texas Ranger pointed out too, which is just like at a, like a kind of like, you know, bare bones, like literal level. It's like, it takes a super teacher. Like it doesn't take yeah. like, it takes, it takes like a superhuman teacher. Like it takes, it takes a teacher who can essentially be like these kids' parent. They're like mentor. They're like psychologist, you know? It takes a teacher who can be all of these things and their educator. It takes all of that <laughs> to then be able but, to like, yeah, go ahead. Koro says it even says like, oh, as long as they're in my class, I'm responsible for them, not their parents, not their blah, 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 not X, Y, Z. And I'm just like, that's not, that's not, not healthy, but like, that's so yeah, real. That's like, oh my God, that's literally what happens so many times. And then you see so many teachers like burnt out and you're like man how much did you make for this ten dollars oh my gosh who's getting paid more the janitor like we're all getting you know, like that and that and that's not to knock like janitors that yeah, yeah that's not at all yeah. what i meant to say but it's also i just i just want to talk about teachers are underpaid y'all please respect your teachers please respect your <laughs> teachers yeah but yeah 
Yeah, but Koro Sensei has to be like their teacher, but then Karasuma has to be Team Dad, and Miss Yelovich. I don't know if they call her Team Mom yet, but she also has a function at least. And it's like, okay, so you literally have to build these people an entirely separate structure in order for them to succeed in the way they did. But it's like, that is so unrepentantly just not possible. Because when these kids leave, they still go home. They still go to their houses. Like, yeah, you can try to be there, but for one person to put this all task on one person, it's like, oh, but the system, just waving your finger at the system is not like good enough. It doesn't like at all oh boy there's like two two ideas that i have left on the subject um but i think one of them is like a little bit like yeah i mean i think we practically already covered all the points on this so i i think i'm just not gonna mention it um i guess the other thing that i was trying to say is well actually no you know what it could be interesting and i actually don't think the show Mm -hmm. is going to like yeah i don't think the show is gonna do this but this would be you know what would be an interesting way to end this tale so have you guys ever heard of the the ones who walk away from omelas uh, so it's like a short not- it's, a, it's it's a short story written by ursula Le Guin. um i think that's her name um and it's like basically like it's very similar to this it's like utopian society um and like in order for the society to be utopian there's like one kid who's like basically like the brunt of like everybody's like um like negative feelings like it's like this kid who's like locked away and like they they like beat the shit out of him and like relentlessly abuse like the kid um and it's like eventually like all of like the like people in like omelas like are like made aware of that and most of them choose to like continue to live in omelas because they're like oh like um i guess this is like i i'm gonna live with this trade-off like it's like a like utopian society at the expense of one person and i'm not that one person i can reconcile that um but like there are some people who like walk away from omelas because they just can't like they they can't reconcile what's going on with like their personal like moral code um and it's like it would be interesting to see if like the the show i don't think it will like uh but like uh, as like a first time viewer of the show, try to do something like that. Like we're just gonna walk away from this structure because we know it's like morally like bankrupt. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's an interesting thing. Like the thing about Omelas, it's like the thing, the same thing that like we see when we you know see this show. It's like we see a, this system and we're like, this is just wrong. This is just not okay. You know, this is just like repulsive to like our sensibilities as human beings, which is like interesting again because it's like we look at like you know, our real educational system. And I think it's like, you won't get like, like the vast majority of people won't say, probably won't say that like, there's, there are things that are fundamentally like, like it's like the whole thing. Like, I guess it's like, it's not that level of a critique, you know? It's like people like, depending on who you are, you'll have folks who'll be like, yeah, there's some things that are wrong with it. Or you'll have folks who'll be like, I don't know, like there's like structural problems, like institutional problems, like inequalities built into schools and all this stuff. But like, I think it's pretty rare to come and like run into someone who's like, nope, like the whole thing is like fucked and like we need to like destroy schools and create new schools with a different model. Maybe like that. I'm sure, you know, Texas Ranger probably knows more about this. I'm sure those people do exist. Um, But like as in many other like um, corners of society, when it comes to like folks who are like radicals, it's just usually dismissed as like um you know utopian like sentimental utopianism or it's like just like marginalized and like not taken very seriously except in like small pockets um or in theoretical discussions but not when it actually comes to like practical things such as like policy making 
Um, but that's like, that's just like, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's a thing. I think thematically, that's pretty much all I really got from it. That like, again, going back to the very central problem, the show just doesn't know <laughs> what it wants to be. And that problem of not knowing what it wants to be means it either doesn't say anything at all, or it brings up interesting ideas and immediately drops them, or it brings up things that then are turned, and when you look at it, wait, that's pretty nefarious. What are you trying to say here? And because you don't explicitly point it out, it leads me to believe that there's just arbitrary things. And again, we mentioned before, it could be cultural. There could be a lot more cultural things that we're not getting due to the Japanese school system and the way society is built over there. Um, it could just be for comedy's sake, as we said with like the cross-dressing episode and like, oh, don't smoke because smoking is not cool because, I don't know, I was in D.A.R.E. as a kid. Sure, <laughs> I guess. That's like an easy, easy... Koro Sensei said smoking's not good, so I'm not going to... Okay, that's... We were, a... the, the, the powers mm-hmm. that be tell me not to do this, so therefore I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. We were in the same... The powers that be class. that I trust versus the powers of be that I don't trust. You yeah. know what I mean? We were we were in the same D.A.R.E. class, LOL. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no, I just want to end it on one thing. The reason I said, and this is just for comedy, another reason I said I would have dropped the show at episode 10, the baseball episode, is because... One, the entire baseball thing was stupid. I, I don't want to get into it, but they were just like, we're just going to bunt and score and win. And I'm like, that's dumb. You came in with one strategy, the one <laughs> strategy didn't work, it blew up. But the most thing that pissed me off is just like, and this goes back to my idea that the girls in the show are not treated that well. The girls have a basketball game too. Are we just not going to help them? Koro Sensei is only going to teach the boys, and then the girls are just over here to dirt, and then they just show up being like, Oh, we lost to the girls' basketball team, and yeah, let's see how the boys are doing. And I was just like, "Oh, like, I'm not trying to say the show is like we disregarded." Really don't give a fuck about the women in this show. Yeah, they, it really doesn't. Like, I, I struggle to find a single female character in this show that's like treated well. You know, yeah, that's real. Um, um, I was gonna say, and, and don't get me wrong, Shonen has an issue. Both Shonen, I would say, in fact, most media, media has an issue with portraying women and stuff. And I'm not gonna single out the show and be like, man, show has a problematic way to deal with female characters. But it just was so blatantly obvious that it's just like, wow, girls in the show are really just here. And then when they do get their one thing, it's like, oh. They can walk through a club because no one will bother them. Yet people bother them anyway. Yet, yet, Nagisa's here too. And oh, they kicked the dude. And go girls. What? I don't know. That episode was also dumb. <laughs> we talked about it already. Yeah. Yeah. What? I think last comment on. Well, yeah. Last comment on like the 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 school and like the system and all that. Okay. Baseball. Baseball game is actually a good example of this. Like. This shit has some serious psychological repercussions on people, man. Like, Nagisa starts from a point of thinking that his life is worthless. And, like, being willing to, like, sacrifice his life. To die. To To die, yeah. Baseball boy, like, star pitcher guy's whole sense of self-worth is tied to his, like, image as, like, a meritable person. To the point that when it starts crashing down, he has, like, an identity crisis. This is horrible. Um, this is like, or this could be interesting. 
it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and again, it's like, what does that say about our current like world? It's like, yeah, same shit. It's the same fucking thing, man. Whether you're maritable or unmaritable, this system does violence against you. Um, you know, quote unquote, like maritable or unmaritable. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know, I think it's kind of moving from that. I think, you know, to end on like, you know, unless folks want to continue going, but I think we've at this point basically exhausted almost everything we could say about the first half of the show. Um, but like, I will say this, like on a positive note, um, there is like good to extract out of like Koro Sensei. Like there is like good to extract yeah. out of his like pedagogy. Like there is like good to extract out of his like philosophy of education. Mm -hmm. Like his whole attitude of like, uh, I refuse to like see these like um, remedial students as like anything but like worthy individuals. And like, I will do everything in my power to ensure that they can actually live up to their potential even if other people don't believe that they have this potential like that is like praiseworthy that is. you know like that that aspect of like his attitude like it is praiseworthy it is a good thing like we can we can like acknowledge the good um even when there's like a lot of bad in like the background like we can we can point out like the good like aspects of like the show and like the kind of like philosophical ideas in the show and like i think on that note, like koro sensei is like a bright spot man like koro sensei at least in my opinion like he like he's he's just a character like he's clearly like the axis like the, the whole show revolves around him and like ah uh, it's like oh god this depending on the levels it's like like at the level of like dude you're gonna blow up the earth it's like oh god this is terrible but i'm sure we'll get some explanation around what that actually means um but like at the level of like him as like a teacher, it's like he's a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. He's a good teacher. He is. And we can we can point that out. And he's a funny character. He's a likable character. And he seems to by far be the most complex character out of anyone in the cast. And like I mean Yeah. I, go I was ahead. just gonna say my headcanon is that even in the moments where he's like being shameful or moments where he's like off kilter or moments where the characters catch him, like in ways and he's like oh my god freaking out i still think that's calculated and i think it goes to show that like that whole thing where he said he's gonna do whatever it takes to realize the potential of students even if it is at the detriment of himself personally mm -hmm. i was like yeah yeah i can see that and it's good and he's funny um for those english dub watchers he's the voice of mace mace hughes and krillin so that was hilarious mm -hmm. also to think of but yeah no koro sensei's philosophy of like you can find a way to succeed and I won't give up on you no matter what you do because I have the potential, the ability to do this. I will cater myself specifically to you as best I can and you will succeed or I myself have failed. Like, it's not on you. It is on me, him, the teacher, Koro Sensei. Yeah. And it's like, I think there's like a, uh, I don't remember the exact quote or like what I wrote down, but there's like a point where it's like, as part of his like educational philosophy too he's like i mean it's it's an interesting educational philosophy it's like i think he says like high walls you know so it's like you know like goals that seem almost unreachable for students um but that they can reach and like healthy competition and like i think also probably collaboration to a certain extent like those things or like what what does he say about like uh i honestly i don't remember what he says about like uh, the meaning of like the value of like education as like a whole but it's like there's like these little gems of like let me see if i can actually find it it's probably in my notes but this is like these little gems where it's like 
oh, this is actually like an interesting view of like, like what enables like students to succeed in terms of like education. Um, but then also of like, you know, like what the value of like education as a whole is, you know? And so it's like, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, this is what I jotted down. It's like, everyone can grow, but they need high walls and allies. Like that's, that's, that's what it, that's, that's part of it. Um, and so it's like, that kind of stuff is like, it's, it is interesting. Like as far as like ideas go, like it's interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's real interesting. I can't find like the bit about his, ah, I see, I see. Here it is. Um, yeah, experience of competition, sharpening mind, broadening knowledge under, you know, under a set of like rules is like the real treasure of education. And it's like, yeah, it's like these like general principles that like can be applied to like different contexts, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, hey, like, yeah, that's that's a really interesting like educational philosophy. Like that's, and like, I actually think that's like, hey, I don't have a lot to like compare it to, but like intuitively, like it seems to be fairly correct, fairly if not like fairly mostly potentially, I don't want to necessarily say completely, but like it seems to be pretty on the nose. And I will say this too, for a fucking octopus monster, like a yellow octopus monster, (laughs) he's the most human character in the whole damn show. Like he is the most human character. We see his strengths. We see, you know, that, I mean, we haven't yet unpacked his, like, you know, his baggage or whatever that is, you know, his, like, deep motivations, but we see his strengths, we see his, like, character quirks, you know, we see his, like, imperfections, he is the most human character in the show, and that's, like, a very interesting, like, ironic thing, that, like, this monster who's, like, supposed to, you know, like, be, like, the bad guy that's, like, gonna, like, destroy the world unless you kill him is the most human figure in the whole show. I don't know if, if, if folks have, like, that's, that's kind of my last thoughts on the matter, but I don't know if folks want to jump off of that or, you know, say a couple last words on the subject and then we can close it out. But, yeah, Koro Sensei, man. Yeah, Koro Sensei is yeah. great. Uh, he's fun. So, um, unless, you know... Anybody else has any last things like Silver or Texas Ranger? I'll open that up to y'all real quick. No, I think we should start wrapping up. Okay. All right. Um, And I'm going to assume that Texas Ranger feels similarly. So I think on that note, um, you know, this was like the first half of Assassination Classroom. Um, You know, frankly, like, hey, was is it a show that I would rewatch? Definitely not the first half. Maybe I'd like this. I'll like the second half more. Do I have some serious like criticisms? I absolutely have some serious criticisms. Like, are there like interesting ideas? Are there things to pull out? You know, um, yeah, there are. There are. Um, and so I think we all kind of feel we're all kind of like along a spectrum of that um, as pertains to like our like views on the show. Um, And, you know, I guess as far as, like, this podcast episode, you know, once again, like, thank you all so much, our, like, lovely listeners for um, listening to, you know, again, this two-part series on the first half of Assassination Classroom. Um, We sincerely appreciate it. We appreciate you all. You know, if your boy can actually figure out a way to get um, this, like, 30 seconds that got, like, (laughs) um hit with like a copyright uh violation for his like first video 
uh, on like Bakemonogatari, if I can get that resolved, that will be out very, very shortly. Um, our YouTube channel is Otaku Terriet, like for video essays and such. Anime Ramblin' Boys also has a YouTube channel. Um, and like we have a Twitter, please follow us on Twitter at Anime Ramblin' Boys and also at Otaku Terriet. Um, for Otaku Terriet, we also have a Patreon. So like if you um, want to support our content and the work that we make, the art that we do, um, like please like throw your boys a couple of uh, dollars. We would really greatly appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, again, like this one, you know, like we, we appreciate you all listening to us. Um, and I think that's about it. So I think on that note, um, uh, anybody want to send us off? Uh, have a good night, everyone. You could, uh, I don't know how to end. This has just a classroom season one. Like I said, I probably wouldn't watch it if starting over again or anything like that, but maybe season two will change things around um thanks for all your listenership um go to also we have a youtube now where we also upload this podcast um that's being built and that can be a way to point people to the spotify to everything else also follow us on twitter at boys anime we're still posting things up there at all the time and yeah as uh tropical said we're getting the content to you guys as fast as we can dealing with the horrible horrible youtube system we've heard so much about yeah that i guess we could say peace love swag and prosperity bye okay. everybody and stay safe yeah, stay, stay safe healthy. y'all is still Lots a thing. Going on. yeah and, and with that bye bye i will see you all next time peace